Hello and welcome back to It's Not Just Black and White, where the topics that we discuss are most likely going to be controversial. So if you're easily offended or even very difficultly offended, this may not be the place for you. As always, my name is Ellie Lake and I'm sitting here with Corey Bearclaw yo, yo. and Jordan Brown. Yo. Gentlemen, thank you for coming together on this phenomenal day. This week we have something really exciting. I think we all... Um, you know, took a real step into something that's a bit weird, but a bit exciting because of the mystery. And we had, I think we had a really interesting time learning about our topic this week. And uh, what we did is we went ahead and tried to learn more about Scientology, what it surrounds, how they work, what do they ask for, and what are the outcomes of their faith system. Um, so alongside a bunch of other sources that will be in the description, we'll go ahead and put those there. We focused on three documentaries and docu-series specifically. One is My Scientology Movie, which you can find on Hulu, YouTube, um, and I, I think a few other places. Then the, the second is a docu-series on Netflix, and it is uh, through Leah Remini. She used to be uh, a famous celebrity. I guess in, a, in, a, in some ways she really still is. Everybody Loves Raymond. She was, she was that lady. I don't know if you guys ever watched that show. But it's called Leah Remini, uh, Scientology and the Aftermath. And she basically lists uh, her experiences, the people that she met, and she pulls people who have also left the religion. And then she talks about their experience. And because she she got so high up, she didn't reach like the full top level clearance or whatever. But definitely people that she knew and interacted with did. But she was high up and she talked about how being a celebrity, she was treated differently and had different expectations for her as compared to, let's say, an average doctor that signs up for the Scientology creed. Um, then the last one that we watched, uh, this is definitely one we're going to recommend that where you guys start to kind of get a firm understanding uh, of what Scientology is. And it's going clear. And that's on HBO. And it's based off a book written by Lawrence Wright, and it's called Going Clear, Scientology, Hollywood, and the Prison of Belief. And I wanted to just real quickly tell you guys that Lawrence Wright, after I saw some of the books that he's written and some of the conversations that he's been a part of, is quite an important author and has written books that we've, a lot of people we've not even heard about. So to read some of his books off, so from 1979 to 2020, he's written like 10 books, it looks like. And um, they all have amazing, amazing titles. I think definitely at some point in time, we should take on one of these books. And I definitely think anybody listening, they should read these books as well. You can go on his website, lawrencewright.com books to find these books. But um, one of the names is Remembering Satan. Another one is Saints and Sinners. Um, ch City Children, Country Summer, A Story of Ghetto Children Among the Amish, um, 13 Days in September, The Dramatic Story of the Struggle of Peace. Um, he's written a lot of like what seems like they're nonfiction books, a lot of them. He's observing behavior, and then he writes about them in the different, I guess, sections of society that he's observing at that time. And from... From what we understand of this movie, because we've not read the book, he has a quite a vivid way of painting the things that he wants to talk about. And it's really quite interesting. So that's what we're going to get into. I think the best place, I think, to start for us today is 
how we all even heard about Scientology and what have we heard about Scientology before we did all this research and what were kind of our first impressions before we knew what it's actually about. Corey Bearclaw? Yeah, I've, I first heard about Scientology when uh, Jim Carrey kind of came out and said that he was going into Scientology and he, he started like get going towards like the wacko zone from like a normal Jim Carrey or who, you know, who mm-hmm. everyone perceived Jim Carrey to be um, to now he started growing out his beard, growing out his hair, started yeah. becoming a wacko and had this interview where he was talking about how everybody's made of Higgs boson particles and flapping around and this and that and <laughs> you, you know you could tell he was going off the rails yeah um and that's when i first heard about it and then i remember hearing over the over the months and years or whatever uh little known facts or whatever about it and one of them that i thought was interesting i don't know if it's even true but they uh i heard that they believe that emotions aren't a thing but emo- like you are taken over by like a ghost or a being or an energy that makes you have, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. envelop that feeling uh and like those energies are everywhere and your yeah. your your soul like fights it fights fights yeah. it off or what something like that they called it they talked about it in the documentary it was like a life force or it i don't know something it was force. like one of those things that is from the past like people who lived here or something like that and they died I have no idea what it was. I, I'm think I heard this a long time ago. Yeah. This wasn't even from the documentaries that uh, or that I recall listening yeah. to. But that's the first time I heard about it. Uh, my impressions of of Scientology is that obviously I think it's a cult. I my impression of it just right from the beginning is uh, you see people have to go to these camps in a way, get locked up, get told how to live their lives, what to do, give up all their possessions donate all of their money to this church yeah and now you can't leave this church because you're financially tied to it you know i think it's great that you brought up um jim carrey because part of scientology is like the manifestation uh of of going from a spiritual point to manifesting something in in the real world jim carrey has a famous interview i think it's with oprah even and he said when he had nothing and he was coming up in the game, he, he had, you know, the regular checks. He wrote himself a $10 million check until he was one day able to cash that he same check. That check yeah. And that, you know, that's a, in a lot of ways because it happened. Now we, he can equate it to it being manifestation yeah, yeah. versus whatever, making the right decisions and yeah. comically and whatnot. Yeah, but to actually go back to it, it's actually called a Thetan. Yeah, like, the, like a Theta thing. wave yeah, type yeah, Thetan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have, you have them inside you, and you need to do like readings or something to get them out. Yeah, some, like, like yeah. Or maybe you need to do the Dianetics or whatever they yeah, call it. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, you need to yeah. pay to use the machines that they have that only the Church of Scientology has. Yeah, it's like, a little like stress test. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what about you, Jordan Brown? Like, what what was the first things you heard? What about yeah, any first impressions? So Scientology, uh, you know, it's you know it's been around for a while, and there's a lot of like. You know, hearsay about it, like he said, she said, things that, but it's kind of like a mysterious type of thing. And I remember actually my earliest memory of Scientology. I remember I was uh, in the mall, and they had those those stands in the middle of the mall. It says, "Oh, like, are you stressed or or, you know, or whatever?" Those little stress test things. So this is that's how big their outreach was. They were literally in malls. Man, like, I feel like I never saw those before. 
Well, really? I, I've never seen the mall kiosk one, but you know, those they mall kiosks, they became eventually very expensive. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they used to be like Scientology things. Yeah, yeah wow. So, yeah. Um, I think I asked my dad or something. I was like, yo, like, oh, like you said you were stressed. You want to see or whatever? And he was like, no, no, no. That's like Scientology or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. Uh, basically, you know, I heard that it was like some, some type of like money, like making thing or whatever. But, you know, I didn't think anything of it. But uh, fast forward a few years um i was down in like hollywood on hollywood La boulevard and we were kind of buying time this was for one of our friends birthday we were like waiting for them and uh and we had a couple hours to kill we were just like walking around and then there was like this like museum and uh like, the girls had to go to the bathroom or whatever and they let them go in and we're like looking around they're like oh like this is a museum you want to take a tour or like well is it free and they're like yeah, it's free. So we're like, all right, shit, you know, like, why not? So we yeah. go in and uh, they start talking all about this Ron L. Hubbard guy. And, you know, obviously, like, none of us had ever heard about this guy yeah. before. Yeah. So, and they, they, they're just like talking. I'm like, this guy was like, like a fucking like savage. Like, he did everything. They painted he, him he as like, like a messiah. Yeah, like, he did everything. He cured himself. He was blind and like broken <laughs> back. And he like was able to like, get his sight back and everything yeah through the power he cured himself of leprosy you know yeah yeah like some crazy stuff and he wrote all these books and broke all these world records and yada yada and so we're just going through things start talking about the whole like dianetics stuff and you know these books as to how you can like manipulate people or work on your relationships and these types of things and uh yeah so we like went through that you know that whole deal and like one of our friends actually bought a bunch of the books and stuff you know like the dianetics books or oh whatever. they were invested yeah, yeah. like they, they were, were in like, on it it seemed dope right like yeah. it's like yo like man like this is you know this seems cool and uh there was other people who uh were in on the tour with us they kind of like came you know kind of like last minute and uh in hindsight or after it like after i found out it was like scientology and stuff uh, i remember like these people you know, talking about it and these people are kind of real like supportive of it and i was kind of like thinking back i was like man those guys were paid actors or like or whatever who they yeah. planted in there to yep. make it seem like they were supporting it or to make us feel more i mean we know now that that's even the protocol that's like they, they definitely do, do exactly. that and especially after that we've looked into it a bit um able to see their tactics and what they do and things like that but that's how i heard about it or really started to understand it what about you ollie yeah so again like i've also been hearing scientology or about scientology or the word scientology for what seems like a very long time now almost i guess the whole time that i've been in the states but even before that we like i don't know if you know this about pakistanis but pakistanis love tom cruise um ask anyone of them they're gonna tell you they love top gun okay um but tom cruise basically when he got into it he we even know now that he took Scientology to a new fame, to a new glamour. Uh, and that's why they, that's when they started having this like public event, you know, which is just like this charade of a thing that, oh, look at how good we are. We got big golden statues, things like this. Look at how well, look at how good our religion is doing. And look at all these sh shitty religions getting bombed and stuff, whatever. Um, but Tom Cruise w was kind of the guy that, I mean, I didn't, you know, he didn't tell me anything about it. We just knew that he was... A Scientologist and we loved him so we we're like okay they might not be something wrong 
with Scientologists. So a very long time, we didn't think twice about it. I mean, me, we, as in like my family, we didn't think twice about it, about Scientology. Like we were just like, yeah, we like Tom. And then it turns out Tom Cruise is not even that great, even though he's, I love him, he's great. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so you hear about it. And then eventually there was a time where, um, I think there was just a certain time, maybe around 2010, around there, that there was like a rise in Scientology. There was like nowhere that you would go that you wouldn't hear about Scientology. I never went and did the class. I never talked to anybody about Scientology, although I talked to some Mormons that didn't even know what their own religion was about, which was funny. Um, but that's beside the point. And we'll get into that point too, meaning like it, what kind of religion is this really? Is it calling for uh, the same religious religiosity as as traditional, conventional, ancient orders? Or is it uh, kind of a new wave delusion that, you know, what I was talking about is the cost of freedom. When you have, when you want, you know, America, we want all this freedom. I mean, as rightfully, but everybody does the cost of freedom in so many ways is fanaticism. When you, when you allow people to say and think and then do and enact anything that they want, they, they have cause to go mad. And that really brings us to the right place to now ask, what exactly is Scientology? What did we learn? Um, what are the tenets of it? What are, what, how does one achieve salvation? So uh, I just went first to the Scientology.org website and it's literally what there, what is Scientology section. But um, keep in mind that Leah Remini in the Netflix documentary, she also said that the real information that these guys follow, they, they, it's not public information. It's just passed down from like higher level Scientologists to lower level. And each level you sign like non-disclosure agreements that come with like $100,000 fines and stuff. And so that's why it's really difficult to just take for the word of what these guys are saying what it is. Mm -hmm. Because we have now other people saying that it's not what they're saying that it is. Yeah. So... It says, uh, this is on their website, Scientology.org. Uh, Scientology, this is a weird distinction to make, but Scientology addresses the spirit, not the body or mind. Weird thing to say. And believes that man is far more than a product of his environment or his genes. Or his genes. Again, very weird thing to say. Um, Scientology comprises a body of knowledge which extends from certain fundamental truths. Fundamental truths, it's funny, we were talking about pantheism the other day, and that's also some certain, you know, universal truths. <laughs> so that, that's kind of that reference right there. So now, the prime among these are man is an immortal spiritual being. His experience extends well beyond a single lifetime. His capabilities are unlimited even if not presently realized. And this is the thing about realization. The similarity is between Buddhism and the secret, you know, manifestation. Uh, this is the same Jim Carrey story, $10 million check that he put in his pocket until he could cash it. it, that, it they're saying that what, what you've been told, and this sounds really good, dude. Anybody who hears this sounds really good. What you are is a limited version, but what you can achieve is boundless. Now, who doesn't want that? And imagine how do cults, I'm not calling them a cult because they're not a cult. Um, they sometimes may function like a cult, but what happens in the cult? You get everybody juiced up, believing in the same thing, and they're going to go to extreme lengths and this 
dive what I want to prove this with this episode, dive deeper into fanaticism. But just to finish up on what these guys are saying, Scientology further holds man to be basically good and that his spiritual salvation depends upon himself, his fellows, and his attainment of brotherhood with the universe. Scientology is not a dogmatic religion in which one is asked to accept anything on faith alone. On the contrary, one discovers for oneself that the principles of Scientology are true by applying its principles and observing or experiencing the results. The ultimate goal of Scientology is true spiritual enlightenment and freedom for all. It's a weird document. I mean, what do you guys think so far about what they're saying? Uh, to Just right off the bat, you brought up the point about like, how they brought up a distinction between the spirit, the body, and the mind. Yeah. I don't know if you know that the body, the mind, and the brain are three different things. Yeah. So the brain and the mind are completely separate. So the mind is how you think consciously, like how, how you're thinking up in space. Like it's not solid like matter. Mat matter that's going on, but your brain is what like creates and thinks of the mind. But then there's the whole brain, mind brain problem of, um, like, oh, does the mind create the brain or does the brain create the mind? So on and so forth. Yeah. And then the body compared to the spirit is like you have an organism or a skeleton that's controlled by a brain and then it moves around. But then you have the spirit that controls the mind, that controls the brain, that controls the body. I think that's what they're trying to do by uh, separating and distinguishing the, all three of those. Um, all in all, I mean, like it, it does try and be spiritual. But at the same time, it's saying that man is... Uh, it holds that man is basically good. Uh, like innately yeah, good. Yeah, innately good. But when, when you think about, you know, in, in terms of philosophy, there is no innate good or innate bad in terms of humans versus lions versus it's snakes. It's always versus, a balance. There's fish. always a duality. No, there is no good and bad. If you go out and go and see a fish, that like you don't know whether that fish is good or bad. A shark isn't good or bad. It's just a shark. It's the a, way that a, it a is. A sardine yeah. is a fish. Like they're all fish. You see a dog. There is no innate bad about a dog. A dog is just a dog. If you just look out in the wilderness, uh, animals don't think that they're innately bad or good. They're just like. But then you see, like they could be referencing, you know, when you're born, uh, when you're born and you're a baby, you're not good or bad, right? You might actually even be innately good, right? until you're programmed in the first seven years as like a thetan or all these thetans waves or whatever they come through then eventually you become good or you become bad it, that implication is you become bad like you're innately good but then eventually being programmed you become bad yeah i think it's interesting and it's just as to what they say and then as like what we've seen how they operate seems to be like very like different right very like vengeful type of you know like religion or cult or whatever you want to call them faction yeah. right i mean obviously if someone speaks out or they're scared to have a doubt they will attack you they'll get rid of you if there's someone who's not in there and they're like kind of saying yo like this is weird they're gonna go after you until and it's in their creed right it says if someone is doubting like scientology you must defeat them at at, at any cost or whatever you know like moving forward, I think we should establish that the, by all meaning of the word, they are indeed a religion. They're taxes exempt like a religion. Somebody I, I heard a long time ago that 
uh, somebody saying the difference between a religion and a cult. In a religion, their main guy is dead, and in a cult, their main guy is alive. So since their main guy is dead, even in a spiritual sense, they are a religion. Well, you know, they actually like function more like a business, right? Or like a cult. They but, function like a cult, yes. yes. But, but so, they're legally and, a religion. Yes, but remember like how they achieved that tax-exempt status is they weren't for a long time. And they owed, I think, like over a billion dollars you know, to the IRS. And the IRS was their number one like enemy um, for a while. But and now they're not. They did, yeah, and how they how they eventually like defeated them was they sued the IRS. So their members, they have thousands of like members. Almost all of their like members filed suit against the IRS in every state, right? And so it was like I think they had like hundreds of like you know like lawsuits all against the IRS. And then eventually like they were able to like broker a deal like. Okay, you guys drop all these lawsuits. We'll like give you the tax exempt, and they gave hmm. them tax exempt. All the lawsuits went away, and that's why how they had their big like victory or whatever. That was in like uh, late two thousands or yeah, so like oh eight to twelve, like somewhere in there that happened, uh, where they finally achieved that religion like status. Status, yeah. yeah. But that was like, but that's how I mean they find an enemy and they just will attack 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 until they eventually find a way to win but so here's where it gets like mysterious to me filled with mysticism to me is what when i just want to go back to said's addresses the spirit right the reason why that's throwing me off is because for instance with the example of my religion or jordan brown's religion we there's things that we need to keep out or do with our body to then align our mind with then align with our spirit to then achieve the next level, which is the you know good afterlife versus a bad afterlife. Same thing with Buddhism. You know, if you live in the correct manner, you're a good person, you live by the teachings, you eventually achieve a level of enlightenment and you are no longer in the circle of um, reincarnation. Don't you want to be reincarnated in Buddhism? Yeah, That's but what the whole point of enlightenment is no, but no enlightenment is once you break out of the cycle. Really? So, oh, I thought it was reverse. Maybe I like. I, I so maybe I'm that. also wrong, but that's what I always thought that it was. So if you look at, if you're a ba- if you, let's say you're born a human, you're a shitty human, you're born a cockroach, you're a better cockroach, you're born a cow. You, uh, you know I what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. And then eventually you don't get reincarnated into the physical space. Yeah. You achieve a level of nirvana in an afterlife like ours. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. Okay. With Buddha and, yeah. and Jesus, as far as I'm concerned, he's there too. So yeah, that's kind of like what is Scientology, not even in a nutshell, that's kind of a thorough explanation of what Scientology is, what they're about, um, and how they re- uh, achieved their religious status or re- achieved their... Uh, prominence and their voice and vote in the mainstream conversation. But this religion was actually, in fact, created by a sci-fi writer, right? An author. An author that has now, through the through the passing downs of his books, has now been deified. So even in his books, he was not necessarily deified. It's after that these his believers deified him. His believers, true believers, made him a god. And in the sense that he could do no wrong, in the sense that if there was abuse claims against him, 
they would just be not believed or, or denied. And he, for a number of things, I think the, the most famous story is his, is his uh, ship, right? He had an Apollo where basically he was trying to evade taxes, okay? <laughs> he was trying to evade taxes and then he created a ship of debauchery where these guys, it wasn't a Scientology ship, it was just a ship for hippies to party. And then he had basically started his cult through these means. And you can basically go into international waters where there's no laws and he can do whatever he wants. And that's how really the thickness, the darkness of his cult started, in my opinion. Mm. And, and, you know, when you think about L. Ron Hubbard is that how he started off his uh, journey into Scientology. He was just a author and then he wrote a bunch of fantasy books or, or fiction books, should I say, science fiction in yeah. particular. Uh, and then he kind of got into, he, he wrote a book called Dianetics, The Modern Science of Mental Health and like kind of started creating and promoting and Dianetics just in general. Uh, it was pretty crazy to think that that's how it started. And then he went into the military during World War Two and yeah. started trying to promote and find leaders in the Navy and kind of created this group of people on the boat called uh, the Commodores of the Sea Organization. Or he was the leader. He was the Commodore of the Sea Organization for for the Paramount. Yeah, the Sea Org. Uh, and then even in 1952, he, he, he had bankruptcy. So he lost all the rights to Dianetics. He lost all of it. So now it, people would have to buy it or, or buy the rights to it or something like that. And later on, then you see L. Ron Hubbard, after he leaves World War II, you see him trying to overthrow like cities. Clearwater, Florida, for example. He tried to take over Clearwater, Florida. Got denied, obviously. Go U.S. How did US he try military. to take over? Well, like the attempt was actually Project Normandy. It was actually one of the top secret Church of Scientology operations where wow. they tried to go into government offices and the media centers, try and take them over and stuff like that. But obviously, it got denied, and uh, they were um, later on convicted of fraud by France. It, uh, Eleven of the ranking members of Scientology. Uh, were charged in the roles of the Snow White program, which was um, a criminal conspiracy to purge unfavorable records of Scientology and stuff like that, um, in particular about L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, but later on, it found out that L. Ron Hubbard, he didn't get in trouble. His wife got in trouble. He, she got indicted. Yeah, she took the rap yeah. for it, right? She was just like, yeah, you know what? I got this. You stay out here, Yeah, honey. but she was also probably a fanatic of, yeah. for the guy. Like. Well, well, that was, like, the thing. That's what I noticed um, about, you know, L. Ron Hubbard himself. Um, you know, he was good at getting people to, like, do what he wanted them to do. Very and this was, good. But, see, he teaches this in his books of, like, dynamics, right? And, that's, and then you see how uh, he himself, like, he kind of drove himself mad, essentially, yeah. right? He made up these things about him, how he was blind and... These things and how and he, he started got to hurt believe in the, the Navy. Lies. Yeah, well, he said he got hurt in the Navy, but you look at his like military discharge like papers because when you get discharged, they write everything that you got, and they, you know, they said he was fine, you know, totally <laughs> healthy, all that stuff. But then yeah. he yeah, comes out, out and with says, flying stars. "Yeah," and then but he says, "Oh, he got hurt, and you know, this, that, whatever." So I'm and, sure there's, I'm sure that nobody talks about this but the, clearly he functioned in, on all levels like a cult leader 
and we have profiles on cult leaders now in the sense of a certain level of narcissism a certain level of control that they need over yeah. situations and people yeah so for sure well you know he eventually lost control of his own mind yeah remember because he yeah. he uh kind of like killed himself uh you know it's you know, to the point where he thought he had this like thetan inside him and he was spending like almost 24 hours a day trying to get this thing out that probably didn't even exist it's just because he was bugging and that's how usually this scientology thing works right like people get caught up in it and they just start bugging out to the point where they're like all right like what am i even doing here and then they get out unless they're so consumed by it they keep you know spitting all these things all these words out they like train themselves to the point of no return right you know it's crazy because this is a great like very interesting point to make because he had his problems clearly a flawed individual and yet today he is the standard and something that you will never become in Scientology okay yep. but that's to say look at this because we both we know that both the Quran and the Bible were written after like thousands of years after but by the disciples or the people who really loved those guys and were with them you know and you can see right here like imagine what the real teachings what might have been or he was clearly a crazy man and how his followers painted him as a god now and i'm just making that that uh, relation that it would be the same thing why wouldn't you why wouldn't you paint a guy that you loved and followed why wouldn't you paint him as a messiah or a great great angelic human being yeah. yeah because you invest so much you don't want to lose correct yeah. like it, 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 it with any type of religion uh, you know whether go, you you think about some of the biggest religions you have you know jesus or muhammad or you know the buddha or so on and so forth where like you're so emotionally and physically involved in these people and their teachings that that if you lose then like you lose your like, vision and you, yeah your yeah. identity and yeah. who you think you are so these people who are following them, whether or not, you know, their IQs were high or low or wherever they were at, whether they could think for themselves or couldn't think for themselves, they were invested in them. So, so they they can't break away after a certain point. They're like, okay, well, this is he, he is our God or he is our Messiah and we need to follow him and the words that he left behind and then yeah. make interpretations of it. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean... Interpretations are again relative because that's that's where the whole thing gets messed up, right? That's what these uh, extremists that what, extremists who use religion for bad deeds, that's it. That's all interpretation as well too, in it. So it's it's a bit odd. But you brought up earlier the Normandy project, and so what well, we can clearly see that from the beginning of this religion, there are clear ethical lapses, and. Um, the concept or construct of infiltration, infiltrating this group, infiltrating that government organization, however we can, to not gain control, gain favor and further Scientology or yeah, what it is that we yeah. want. Yeah, and you know, that's really why they started to go after all the Hollywood crowd. They built that big, you know, the site there or whatever. It's because uh, if, if like, celebrities were onto it and they could like pump it out and then that would be a sense of like validation to the public 
to get more followers, which yeah. would get more money. Oh, because they would see like, oh, look at how successful he is. He's Scientology. He's I, I want to be that. Exactly. You know? Well, even though like you think about like fans of celebrities, whether they're musicians or actors, like people live like these celebrities are their gods or they are just like them yeah. size. So like, yeah. if they see they're doing something, they're going to do yep. it as well. Well, they do it all the time, right? It's, it's like, the power oh, of like their this brand. Like, yeah. celebrity said that this was a good idea, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, you just got to push it out. It's kind of like media indoctrination or um, something like that, per se. Uh, you know, and it kind of goes into what we watch next about, uh, what was her name, Leah Remini? Yeah. Um, and how... The, one of the people I interviewed was the, uh, what was his name? Oh, you mean like the Islam one? The pastor, yeah. the, yeah. the pastor. The, yeah, was yeah, yeah, there was like a couple of them. And you know, that's that was like a very like interesting one in itself because I really like started to like notice this. Well, I, I noticed it early on, but um, that one big like black leader in like the nation of Islam, uh, he was giving an interview Farrakhan? On the behalf, no, not Farrakhan, you know, the other guy. Yeah, uh, the new head. Yeah. The new face. Yeah, that yeah. guy. Uh, he, uh, he, um, he was giving an interview on, like, on, like, Scientology's, like, website or something, and I'm sitting there, like, watching, and I'm like, dude, this guy looks like he's, like, possessed, right? He's just spewing these things out, and it looks like it's not even himself saying it. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like a forced thing, and that's how I mean, or, like, what I meant as in, like, earlier, uh... You know, like people just, they don't, it's like they're not even, you know, like thinking anymore as, in terms of what they say. They're just recycling things and just they're, they're, un, they're, they're not in control of what comes out of their mouth or what they think anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So to set up the uh, Netflix docuseries, Leah Remini, Scientology and the Aftermath. So Leah Remini is a ex-famous celebrity. Uh, she has now fame because of speaking against Scientology. Um, but she created this documentary after leaving the Church of Scientology. She left the Church of Scientology because she had a good friend in the church. That good friend's name was Shelley Miscavige. Shelley Miscavige is, is slash technically was because we don't know where she is, was married to David Miscavige, who is the currently the leader of the Church of Scientology. Yeah, and it's kind of weird how like David Miscavige even got to the head of Scientology. Dude, I don't even know what happened. Well, I mean, it's, I, I, I mean, it like, I don't, he kind of became the like de facto guy once like Hubbard, you know, kind of died or whatever. Yeah. But, um, he initially got in because Ron L. Hubbard was, he was like a, like movie director or something at, you know, at, at one point. And he was working with this kids group and he saw how David Miscavige, who was like a little boy, and he saw how passionate he was or whatever. And he raised and him. so, yeah, he kind of, like, brought him in. And I thought it was weird. I was like, man, is this guy, like, a pedophile, too? I mean, it kind of well, came the boat, out that way because I saw they had pictures of him, like, kind of. So, on the boat that this guy had, they was said that he had some kids that he were, they were, like, special to him. Yeah. That he would, like, train specially yeah. in dianetics. And, uh, dude, I legit thought, like, this looks like some pedophile stuff. Yeah. And no wonder this David Miscavige guy, he always has been around. And he was kind of, like, fucked up in the head. Really it's weird guy. Because he's sold know. on the fact, right? Yeah. yeah. So, basically, for, what, six years now, Shelly Miscavige has been missing. And including her husband and everybody in the church, besides Leah Remini and some other people... 
there is no official statement with about where she went. She has just disappeared. Her family doesn't know. Nobody knows. And she, as the wife of David Miscavige, she was in a very precarious situation because she was in all the meetings. She really knew a lot. She was a threat because she started disagreeing with their narrative. So then when she disappeared, Leah Remini started asking questions. Then five years later, she leaves because she never got an answer. And she created this docu-series talking about calling them out blatantly on the corruption, on the favoritism, on the elitism, on the vengefulness, uh, on the falsehood of security left with just everything beneath you being ripped out from under you. Um, she's, she expresses all these things. And the episode that we focused on was season three, episode three. I thought, or we thought that this was one of what, the most powerful um, episodes because it talked about what seems like is a theme throughout Scientology's history, which is infiltration. And this episode specifically talked about infiltrating um, the Nation of Islam. Then they had leaders, ex-leaders of the Nation of Islam, who are speaking against it, uh, against the role that now Scientology is playing. Um, so Louis Farrakhan was the, he firstly initiated this. But I have always liked Farrakhan, so I don't want to necessarily say something bad about him. Yeah. Because I wouldn't mean it, you know. Dude, it really caught me off guard, you know, when I saw that Farrakhan was in. I was like, what? Yes. Like, really? Like. So the reason why they're infiltrating, um, let's say, African-American communities and uh, churches and communities in the sense that, you know, um, not just a church, like the mosques, they're in there. So the, all these organized, but they're literally, this is what they're saying, that they're targeting uh, these African-American groups because let's say the nation of uh, Islam specifically Scientology actually doesn't have hundreds of thousands of people. It's a few thousands of people. Yeah. Okay. It's actually gotten like way smaller in these recent years. Too. Yes. So people are scared, weirded out. They know a little bit more after going clear all that. But what the nation of Islam brings them by getting one leader involved with Scientology leader who then preaches in the guise of Islam, the words of Scientology, which is the most heretic thing I've ever heard, yeah. um, that one guy brings them 4,000 people like that. The Nation of Islam brings them 40,000 people like that. Yep. In a blink of an eye. And they're like devoted too. They have that. Yeah. Yeah, they have all that discipline. Devoted and them. impoverished. Yeah. You know, when I saw that, I was definitely, you know, taken aback, especially in that in that episode, how they're talking about how but when it comes to like the, the nation of Islam, yeah. they, they didn't allow um, anybody other than black people inside their their mosque or any of their like. Meetings. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They didn't allow um, any like whites or anything like that in. But then they get a hold of the Scientology. And now all of a sudden they're letting. Uh, you know, say like white people or other like cultures come into the mosque. But you see, I'm okay with that. That's what it's supposed to be. You no, know, but they, but I'm saying like, so they were, they always had a wall. Like you couldn't get in there unless you were this. 
And then Scientology. Like you weren't accepted or like you weren't allowed. No, you weren't, into you weren't no, no, no. allowed. But in. here's Man. here's where I completely disagree, and that's the wrong type of Islam if they're teaching that. Because yeah. that's not how it goes. Every race is accepted in there, and in fact, you must let them. And and in fact, it says that when you're standing with, when you're standing shoulder to shoulder with them lined up with everybody else, and you're bowing down to somebody else, where how are you better than somebody? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't what know. What made me mad about this nation of Islam one, is that they're literally, they're tricking, they're tricking hordes of real Muslims away from the religion, and that's the most satanic thing I've ever heard. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's what I meant, dude. Like they wouldn't let anybody in, but then once they got a hold of like Scientology, then they were the ones to break yeah. through, yeah, infiltrate, and then they would let them in just to teach, you know, Scientology. Yeah. But yeah. meaning they came in there and then they destroyed their own traditions. Exactly. Yeah. And you could see how corrupt it was right from the beginning because you see that Scientology or the uh, uh, the leader of Scientology paid for Louis uh, Farrakhan to go out to this crazy island and then they like had a meeting, yeah. gave him a, uh, a first class fight, five star suite hotel, wined and dined him for yeah. a while. So, you know, what? who knows what conversations went on during that time of, yeah. hey, we'll give you this amount of money or this amount of power if you bring this amount of followers. Um, and it kind of yeah. ties back to what we were talking about earlier about taking people of influence and kind of manipulating them with either uh, luxuries of life, yeah. whether it be money or um, houses or cars or whatever it is, and saying, hey, you know, if you speak good about us, we'll give you more. And then the people who are following this person blindly, per se blindly, uh, then go and follow them because they don't know any better because they're so emotionally and physically involved in this, mm -hmm. in this leader that they now they can't back out. They're like, Okay, well, I've believed this guy for 20 years, and now what? I'm I'm supposed to yeah, disagree with him after yeah, he, exactly. after he brings up something new like that. Yeah. It, that wouldn't really make sense. That's like if if Christianity or the Pope came out of nowhere and said like something uh, like, "Oh, murder is okay," or this or that, and like, or that you can go and rape somebody. It's like, well, that was never something you could do before, but. Like I can't not believe this guy. This is who we've been following. My I have life. to believe him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And obviously that's an extreme that would never happen. But yeah. like it's kind yeah. of just putting yeah. it out there. Yeah. And, and and you know what's interesting is they also um, had mentioned that uh, you know that some of these ex like leaders who left the nation of Islam because of all the like Scientology that started happening, uh, they had said that they started like pumping in all the Dianetics books and things like this, and uh, before. Uh, if you had like a disagreement with someone within like the nation of Islam, like you guys would go and you would talk about it or whatever. But then uh, as soon as like Farrakhan and these other guys got in to Scientology, um, you said something bad about them. They all of a sudden they come smear you yeah. and they just, you know, they like cut you out completely. And this is like a classic thing. What we've seen. Um, and this is direct testimony also yes, we're hearing. Yes, and this is, and they said that this never happened until the Scientology got involved. And then once that got involved, it's like if you said anything against like Farrakhan, then like everybody See, was against you. Before yeah. this Scientology infiltration, I already had my disagreements about how the nation goes about what I know about Islam, which is it would only make sense. I'm from the source in a lot of ways and they're not. So I already had some disagreements with them. And now, after this, 
and you're doing all of this Scientology shit and you're calling it Islam, dude, I've never been more be, been more mad. I'm not even religious and I don't agree with that. Because now what you're saying that's Islam, it's 100% for sure not. Yeah. Well, even before it would have been debatable. Yeah. And I, I liked Farrakhan even when he was blamed for for killing Malcolm or being involved with it or whatever. I liked Farrakhan the whole time. Now I can't trust this guy. Yeah. yeah. I loved him. I can't I can't even listen to yeah. him. Man. Well, you know, I think uh, what made like Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam really attractive to Scientology is because of what you, as what you said, they were already kind of like cult-like. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like secret. Like Closed I said, you couldn't group. get in there. Unless you fit that bill. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of uh, was that way. So Same it's, thing with Hollywood. Hollywood is already secretive. You can bring Scientology in there and they yeah, would follow exactly, the same rules. Exactly. And except Hollywood is the highest level of insecurity. So you can really break people. Yeah. And yeah. going back to your point too, Jordan, about how like if you question their beliefs or ask about their beliefs or, you know, start um, having concerns about the beliefs, they'll like either purge you or bully you or, you know, so on and yeah. so forth. Ostracize, yeah, ostracize you in a way. You know, they like disconnect. Yeah, Yeah. it it, in a way like it reminds me of the communist era of in America when everyone was scared of the communists invading America and and making and creating this whole new world and um, capitalism and so on and so forth. And like in government, it's like oh, if you said anything about China or if you called or if you listened to this news outlet or you called these or talked to these people you were blacklisted as a communist and you were to be shamed or you're supposed to be taken away. Yeah. And I, obviously it's a, it's a stretch of a comparison, but yeah. I, I'm like, that's how I can compare it, it to like trying to ban the bad people or yeah. like the people who question our way of squash. It, it reminds yeah. me, you know what it reminds me of once again, m- mafia stuff, you know, it's like, Hey, um, Imagine I'm not gonna do an accent because it's offensive, but imagine this is a group of uh, mafiosos meeting. Hey, listen, uh, Joey, Joey snitched on us. Okay, that means he's dead to us. None of nobody talks to him. Nobody, if if you see his family, you don't look at him. He's yeah. out. You know, that's it's just yeah. again, it's mafia. Thing. Yeah. It's organized yeah. crime in a lot of Dude, ways. Dude, well, you know it's like super ironic. It's like Ron L. Hubbard said. To like control people or to get people to believe you, you have to lie to them. That was his teaching. That's what he said. He said you have to lie to them. Yeah, I mean, then H- you have I people think like said a version of that. Too. Yeah, but so you have all these people blindly like following this guy. I think he's a god, but like he straight up said, "Dude, he, he lied to all of you." Yeah, it's like but imagine, like, yeah. remember that's the thing. Like their disciples do this, but here's the problem now. This is what Leah Remini was saying. Shoot, this was a the Joe Rogan podcast. Leah Remini, you guys can look it up. Um. Basically, what happens now is that David Miscavige, like, for instance, you have to go going clear, right? OTA is like the highest level, you know? So basically, as people are moving up the ladder, they'll be like, um, or they like the higher ups, they'll come down and say, oh, now it's time for you to go to the next level. But, you know, you actually messed up these two steps. So they have to go do the whole thing again. You have to pay your check again. You have to do the bullshit all over again. And David Miscavige will change all sorts of rules. And then he'll say that, oh, I found it in the vault. I found it in L. Ron Hubbard's old vault. And they all believe it. And it's like, come on, bro, is vault yet? Yeah. But this, even where it started, bro, this is no longer that same religion. They're not functioning the same. There's something weird. But this is what I keep saying. And this is my point for this week is that when you ask this, the idea that America is, okay, if the idea that America is pans out, one of the outcomes is a thing like Scientology. 
It could be called anything. What I'm saying that the price of freedom, true freedom, when people are allowed to think, do, and then enact whatever it is that they believe, true freedom comes at the cost of fanaticism. Yeah, we see it all over you know, like today, whether it be extreme right-wing, extreme left-wing, uh, you know, people have like the freedom to say and think and all that like religious like, freedom and whatnot And so they're gonna do crazy stuff do crazy things believe crazy things. Yeah, and uh, just kind of go down that rabbit hole Yeah, and what one of the problems I see kind of to the point of you know being free and being a free country is that You have the opportunity to say hey, this is my religion. This is what I believe and so you uh, as a religion and separation from state with religion is that you get to avoid taxes and stuff like that and when we you know going back to how we talked about how Scientology is just it's a business in a way it's not necessarily a religion or a cult it, it functions more like a business you get you get people in any amount of money it's that like they a pyramid spend scheme. yeah it's like a pyramid scheme because it's any amount of money that scheme. they spend you get 10 percent of however much yeah. money that you spent they like, spend and then crazy. on top of that they're investing money into into real estate like when they're buying those properties when they say oh we're expanding we're in all these different states and stuff like that it it's not that they're expanding they're just buying property people aren't going there it's not yeah. like a church where everyone's going empty. every sunday yeah, yeah they're they're empty and but what they're doing is that they're getting tax exemptions on this real yeah. estate but also generating revenue or generating uh, profits All later on. Yeah, if they end up going and selling that for you know two million dollars extra in five years, they they get to keep all that money and there's no tax tax on free. It. And where does the money all go? Yeah. It goes up to the top, goes up to the It's just like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know that's actually uh, you know what they had said was uh, so Scientology's membership is kind of at like an all time low, uh, but their wealth or how much money they have is at an all-time high. And I also found out that most Scientologists, majority of Scientologists, never ever make it to the top. They never go clear. They never make it to OT8. Yeah. They just keep being recycled in, into the ship. Yeah, because that probably happens is because, like, unless you have the notoriety of Tom Cruise or Jim Carrey, they're not going to let you off that big because, like, yeah. they're not going to let some Joe Schma off the street just come up and be on the top they're like who is this guy Why and tom so cruise was already a little wacko you know what i mean yeah. but tom cruise he also said i pictured all of this and then it happened so if somebody comes and tells him there's a religion that's saying the same thing he's gonna choose pantheism like cory did you know what i mean yeah yeah well, well and, and you know uh i think a big thing is what keeps him in it is one like i said before i don't even think he's truly in control of all of his thoughts all the time but mm. like but like secondly as what as what cory said you know Scientology is paying him. That's tax-free money. This guy is probably getting. Well, he's like, gonna get paid to go to events. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of I mean, well, you know how they said you know, like the like ten percent of whoever got you in or whatever. Yeah, dude. Like they credit him with. But a each lot of level, membership. imagine it's like it's one hundred thousand to five hundred thousand. So imagine he can just pay like a he can just buy a watch to him. It's like buying a watch, and he can buy into the top. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He still made those payments yeah. to learn the next level and the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to him, the money is nothing. Yeah. 
I heard that he's kind of not it, like he's not doesn't play the same role that they wanted him to play in the beginning, which is like a recruiter, like bringing all these people, which he did for a long time. Yeah. I heard that he's not really into that anymore with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I heard his relationship with them, the organization, is a bit rocky. It's yeah. falling off. Yeah. Well, that's how it seems. Like he's to be. still a Scientologist in his mind. But you know it's I a bit mean, rocky. That's how it seems to be with with everybody. After a while, you kind of just like, all right, you like, wake up well, yeah, from your you delusion. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, when it comes to Scientology, so like, what exactly do they believe in, and like, what are they like waiting for? Um, is there some type of prophecy that's supposed to come? There's like this shit? event, right? There's yeah. like this event or something. So there, from from what I understand, there's this one event where the so if everybody has the thetans inside them meaning they're not the ideal race so there's this alien race okay those are our like masters they created us okay and a lot of different ancient things say that so i think this guy just took it from again it's not real it's all sci-fi okay that means he made up from all the things that he knew already, which he could have read about any of these ancient religions and then made... It. He could have... This is like Corinthianism. Imagine if you really, really loved Corinthianism, you could have this happen, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And then you would die and that would lead to fanaticism, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? But... It still might do it. <laughs> might as well, dude. Yeah. Make a bunch of money. <laughs> their end of days, that race... Of, I guess it's lizard but alien like looking people they're gonna come down uh, and you know and en enslave the people who are not Scientologists and Scientologists get like this nice little uh, Valhalla like golden life you know yeah. um, it it's a bit odd yeah but it's kind of weird right because now we see all these like UFOs and whatnot like you think uh, they're like lizard races starting to like descend <laughs> Down they're on us. coming. So yeah. okay. I actually read that, dude. That, that apparently, like, they're it's like the military or whatever. They're like seeing like UFOs like every day now. Like it's like it's like a super common thing. Yeah, know? I mean, but like I also told you, like if I see a balloon in the air and I can't identify it, that's a UFO. It's an unidentified object. And True. I think there's a new name for UFO too. Yeah, there is. They don't call it UFO. Unidentified right? phenomena. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like oh, no, UAP. unidentified aerial, aerial phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. UAP. Yeah, UAP. Yeah. UAP. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds better. Um, but yeah, I think I think that if this is true, the sightings, I don't think that it's the get out of here. What are the odds? Okay? I think I think the odds are more likely that an ancient religion is more is true versus some shit a guy made up that I could fucking make. It's more up. likely that 2012 will actually happen. I could make a, <laughs> I could make a story as weird as this. Yeah. I'm yeah. almost certain of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but if it's I do it, be, I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's like, man, this guy was like really uh, off the deep end. Like it was yeah. kind of like striking, uh, you know, to hear some of the ideas. And I think they build up this knowledge that like you're going to get. And then... Uh, and then they say, you like, basically get you it, find it's a out, bunch of and nonsense. it's like, it's like some stupid thing, like how it's like, oh, there's like, They're like yo, there's I like spent 800,000 for this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's just, you like, know, yeah. and so that that's right there. All of that, the alien stuff is quite a ridiculous point. So I think a great point, a great time to end this podcast and a great thing to end on, I think, is what we after all the things that we read and learned, what was the absolute most um, fucked up thing that we learned? Okay, 
So I have a story. Corey Berkeley, you want to go first? I mean, yeah. I mean, just to go right off the bat, two things that I thought were pretty fucked up was that they have this thing called the hole where you go for like a month at a time. You spend uh, like imagine like a small office space or like a, a meeting space. You spend it a month in there with like 15 other people. You're sleeping shoulder to shoulder packed in there like sardines and you're and then like they yell at you, scream at you and then like indoctrinate you by like forcing their will upon you for a month. That's one obviously crazy that's like the hazing period yeah it's like a hazing period to get you into the mindset of it and then the second one was all of like the attacking if and the shaming of if you don't believe it or you speak out against it you have those people that follow you and just totally shame you it's kind of like game of thrones when uh the, or Hunger the, Games. What, what was her name? The the queen. Daenerys. Uh, no, 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 no. The uh, one. Cersei. Cersei. Yeah, so, yeah. Cersei has to walk Shame. through the town naked, Shame. and they yeah. all shame. That's exactly what I think about That's when it comes what, yeah. to like these people who are shaming and yelling and cursing at these like people who are speaking out against Scientology. That's a great thing that you just connected right yeah. there. Great, Jordan Brown. Yeah. Most yeah. fucked up thing. I mean, honestly, yeah. It's you know, it's kind of like, like course it is. So the David Miscavige guy was trying to get like people to like. He became increasingly. Uh, uh, paranoid and this is also a common thing that seems to happen even to like Ron L. Hubbard he became crazy like paranoid but power uh, does make you crazy so yeah. you never know well and but like and Scientology makes you crazy that's what I'm saying right? Fair it's enough. like so he's trying to get everybody to like confess to things that they just making things up right and like people are like fighting and going crazy like the whole uh, 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 musical chairs thing did you guys hear about that did you guys read about that one no, I don't know basically uh, you know, like they made a game as to that. You know, he he made everybody do this like musical chairs thing. So he's making them go around and making these people. I don't know. It was like if you the last one standing, I'm gonna like let you back into the church or something like that. And these were all like higher ups of it, right? Because he thought his like inner like circle. This was, sounds like, like this a dictator gone mad, yes, dude. dude. Exactly. What a way to determine. And then so he, they these people they were like fighting to get into these chairs you know what i mean like legit yeah like, like, like ripping each nuts. other yeah, yeah 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 and then at the end of it he was like i was just kidding like you guys just like sacrifice some more and then i'll let you in or whatever yeah, yeah like you better it's... tell me a secret I'll, you know, dude I'll this is straight like it's you know what this is this is literally this is how you break somebody's psyche. This yes. is how you break people. Yes. Well, this is how I mean, dude. When I watch people do their like interviews for like Scientology, right on their website or whatever, it doesn't even seem like it's them speaking. Like it seems like a demonic you know, possession. It's so weird. Yeah, uh, but they just, they just brainwashed. That's yeah, the best. but it's, it's not like, actual possession because you would know. It could be though. It could be because I mean, you know, you have to think about like but it's not possession in the same sense. You no, know, I feel possession. like it's like a curse. You know what I mean? Like you're 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 because the whole thing. Remember, you like the idea of it is to like come outside of your mind, right? So you're losing touch yeah. with who you actually are, and then maybe so maybe you know, could, come outside of your mind. This is very interesting. Yeah. I've I've often talked to you about um uh project called the uh, monarch right it's the I, I always tell you about the the project that we learned a certain secret organization learned that the, through running an experiment how you disassociate someone's uh psyche meaning by saying a code word you that person then assumes a different um personality all in all one that doesn't remember the other 
So you find how to trigger that and then how to control that person through that. How that starts, the first thing that you do is you completely, completely, like put a person in a cage. It starts better if the people are younger. You put a person completely in a cage and you break them. You you say, oh, you're nothing. You're, you literally traumatize them to the point that their mind snaps in two. And that's what this hazing period in Scientology is for. It is the beginning of a deep and dark indoctrination. Because once you are broken, I can build you in whatever manner that I like. And that's you're going to do all the things that I say because I programmed you to do so. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. that's why it's a culty shit. Yeah. So the most fucked up thing for me. I know we went real dark in like a mysterious way. Mine was like a simple one. They touched me on a, on a personal level. Like, a, like I felt connected to that person for, for whatever reason. So these guys, they have, people, um, they have people who are higher up. How they get higher up is spending more money. So they have them spend or sponsor different individuals or groups of people. And you usually sponsor by giving money. So let's say there's a regular couple, um, and this is also an example from the Netflix docu-series. So let's say it's a regular couple, they're American couple, they're married, they're both doctors, but they also both have large student loans that they have to pay off. Somebody in the church, ideally somebody who brought you in in the beginning, who you think is some hot shit because they brought you in and they're painted as hot, sorry, they're painted as hot shit. So they'll come to them and say, hey, go ahead and take a second mortgage. Go ahead and take a third mortgage out on your house because we got to get these people sponsored. It's your responsibility to do so. They're like, wait a second. Can we just look at our finances? If I do this, we're going to go into bankruptcy. The church says, don't worry about that. It's not about you. It's about the church. And they say, go ahead and go into bankruptcy. We'll figure it out. But you really don't figure it out. You really, that's it. Then you're completely wholly dependent on the church. They're not going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. No, like they don't care about that's you. money. That's just vam yeah. vampire shit right there. Yeah, yeah. sucking the life out. Of I everybody. felt bad for them because they were, they were like two regular, reasonable, normal people who just trusted these other ladies or people, and they were like, "Listen, um, we we just don't have it. We just don't have it. Where are we supposed to get it from? And if I give this to you, my entire family and my existence is over." And that's what they're saying. Go ahead and do that. But yeah, I think. I think for today, I think we really went into depth about what Scientology is, how they came to power, how they gained influence, who leads it, um, who leads it now, who started it, how it was created. I think it was a very wholesome discussion today, um, and we talked a, a, about a lot of things. Um, as always, I want to thank you both for coming here and uh, coming here together and sharing your stories and your experiences about our topic this week and anybody who made it all the way to the end thank you for tuning in as always my name is Zali Leek and I'm sitting here with Jordan Brown and Corey Bearclaw we'll see you next week good night peace